Um, I'm excited about what I have to share today. How many are experiencing Christmas already? Man, they start early in the, in the stores, and they're, and they're getting all over this thing about uh, giving things, right? It's a, it's a season of giving. I didn't realize last Tuesday was some kind of a, a, a giving day. Uh, I forget what they called it, but... Huh? National Giving Day or Generosity or something like that? Or, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, uh, we've actually been talking about it the last couple times I've shared. We had a, a guest speaker a couple weeks ago, but last couple times I've, I've been sharing, it's like this is such a part of the heart of God, and you can't encounter God without encountering his, his giving, his, uh, his, his generosity towards us. So I want to look at this word generosity today, and, and how many have experienced somebody that's generous in your life? Um, there's an atmosphere that's created by, by uh, somebody that gets in this pattern. I, I love what Buddy was sharing here today it's because, you know, I, I think it kind of went along with um, this new opportunity that we have in the schools. You know, it doesn't go, do any good to have an opportunity to go into the schools if you're not going there, in there with a, with a glory of God with you. And uh, so much of the glory of God is contingent upon this ability to, to have this attitude of giving. Uh, if you're going in and you're thinking about yourself, it's kind of hard to be a blessing to these kids that are in need of somebody thinking about them. And uh, it's, it's an attitude that's developed, and I, I really believe it's part of God's plan with things that are treasures in our hands that we get, we get in the, this attitude of, of releasing them. And in the release of something that we have, there's a, as a trans, uh, transformation of our perspective of life itself, of ourself. There's a, there's a removal of focus on self to focus on what we're giving to. Does that make sense? Yes. And so this is a part of God's plan, I believe, for when we show up at a school, when we show up in the marketplace, when we show up at home, yeah. that we're showing up with a God nature that's about what can I do to bless somebody else, not what can they do for me. You know, there's such an attitude about this uh, I think it can happen even in church. We can show up and say, what's God going to do for me today, you know? And, or we can show up and say, what's God going to do through me today? And that's why I believe, you know, what we've just done in, in this worshiping God with our offerings is such an integral part of that. It's like, okay, what can I do? What can I contribute to make a difference? And it changes everything about your relationship with God. Amen. So he's, he doesn't just, uh, this isn't just like a good idea. Like it looks like this is something we can think about taking on. No, this is, this is his way, right? And what's so cool about God is he doesn't give us a way to do something without modeling it for us. So he, he says, okay, I want you to do this, but um, here's, here, here's how you do it. And so I want to look at, at, at just the word generosity here. And I've, I've, uh, uh, I've, I've got three points here and then, and then one additional one that I just want to point out here. But it, it, for somebody to be generous, they have to have something, right? Yes. Now, it doesn't mean how much that is, but it, it's an attitude towards that thing. There has to be something of value. that you, Remember when Jesus was sitting in the temple there and he's watching this, this lady with, with two tiny little coins, you know. And he said she gave more than anybody else. She was generous, and so um, there has to be something that, that is there to give, though. And so uh, all of us have something. You know, so, and here's part of the deception is that I, what I have is not significant. And, and, and God says, just 
Whatever you have. Look at it as not just something to have, but something to give, right? So generosity starts with that kind of an attitude as I, I have something I can give. Now, uh, much of this is financial, but I believe it has to do with all, all of our lives, everything about who we are. We all have gifts. You know, I, I always, always think about a gift. Somebody says, well, that person is gifted. Glory be to them. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, the purpose for a gift is not to get you glory, it's to give to somebody else. That's, that's the definition of a gift, right? Is to give it to somebody. Uh, oh, let me keep going here. So this next thing is, it, they're free from moral or selfish constraints. So to be generous, you have to have something, and then you have to be willing to not let that be yours anymore. And to actually be a lot above the necessity, a lot of times there's jealousy, a lot of times there's something that, you know, I want to be like somebody else and so I can't let go of this. And You know, there's, when there's somebody that is um, generous, they're going to have something and then they're going to be above the constraints of self that would keep them from letting go of that. Can you see that? Okay, uh, here's another one. Uh, and then, this goes right along with what Buddy was saying. There's going to be a, a, a willingness for, for it to be of something that is of value that I'm going to sacrifice. Now, we're going to see there's a, there's, a, there's a reason why somebody that's generous is willing to sacrifice. There's, some, there's a reason for this that is very important to look at, okay? One more here is uh, a powerful influence for good. So this is what I've, I've noticed. I've, I've had some people in my life, I've got some in this room right now that are generous, and what they do is they influence people for good. It's not, you cannot be a generous person without influencing good. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I, I know some people that are, you know, uh, again, some people in this room, but some other people that I've experienced in my life that are extravagantly. Man, I, I lived with this guy up in Denver after my freshman year in, in college. I mean, this guy owned one of the states on the island of Jersey. I mean, and, and had a whole... Uh, car level full of, of um, special cars. I mean, he just collected cars. Uh, well, I won't go into it too much, but I mean, this guy was just overflowing. And what, what there, there's a sense of, of freedom from somebody that is generous. There's a f- sense of freedom uh, from financial constraints that we're not going to let finances be an issue here. We're going to accomplish what we need to do, Right? And that comes from an attitude of not, you know, the Bible says there, there is that holdeth and doesn't have anything. And there is that, that gives and has an abundance. It's a godly principle, right? There's one other thing that I don't have on here that I want to point out is somebody that's generous is not being forced to be. It's not a law that they're complying with. Generosity is free. You, as soon as you... Make somebody do something, it's turned into a tax. How many feel like you're really generous when you're paying your taxes? <laughs> I don't, because that's not generosity. Generosity is when I don't have to, and I do it. Okay? <laughs> All right. And this, this is very powerful. I'm just going to look. So I was looking at, at, at in the Strong's, you know, in the Bible there, at the definition. And one of the words is... Uh, I'm going to have to look at it so I can make sure and say it right. Magnanimous. How many use that word all the time? 
you know, it's like we need to teach this to our kids so that they can really impress people around them that they're really smart. It's like, Braden, what was that, or Hayden, what was that word that he said? Uh, congruent. Yeah, he, 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 you know how they can watch a video or something and two bottles are congruent or something. Oh, that's impressive. You can get a kid to say something like that. What's that? Yeah. Anyway, of course, he's a, he's a brilliant kid anyway, but that just proved it. All right. But magnanimous is one of the uh, synonyms that, that was shown in there, one of the definitions. And I just wanted to read through this because it does, it speaks something to the person who is generous about their character. Let's look at this. It says, they're highly moral, especially in showing kindness or forgiveness, as in overlooking insults or not seeking revenge. So a generous person isn't just being generous to somebody that they like a lot. It's a generosity that flows beyond uh, what you might judge to be somebody that's not worthy. Aren't you glad God is generous? <laughs> right? Yeah. Great of mind, elevated in soul or in sentiment, raised above what is low, mean, or ungenerous. I've never used that word before. Has anybody heard ungenerous? That would be not being not, I refuse to be generous. All right. Of lofty and courageous spirit. Isn't this cool? Man, this is a pretty cool person. Oh, it's not just handing out a few coins. No, this is being elevated. Can you see this? I think this is important, all right? A, a magnanimous character, uh, and these are examples, or a magnanimous conqueror, as somebody that's doing it for a, a higher cause, dictated by or exhibiting nobleness of soul, honorable, noble, not selfish. So there's an ungenerous that would be selfish, right? But this is talking about what we have in our relationship with God. And, and I've seen this, this time of the year, it's all the influence of a God that is risen above. His, high, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Marketing has gotten on that principle that he gave Jesus to us as the greatest gift ever given. And now they're, but it's an influence. It's an influence of the generosity of God to mankind that is being experienced, celebrated every year. And people that don't even know God are being influenced by him. Does that make sense? But it's more than that for us. It's more than just giving gifts. How many have already got most of your gifts? That's why I got my wife, so we could get all our gifts. And thank goodness for Amazon. How, how many feel like Santa Claus is, open, is, is showing up at your door like frequently? It's like, in fact, I, I like to, I like to uh, you know, refer to the delivery guy as like Santa Claus, except for most of them don't understand you. So it's like... <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to James 1.7. I've got, I've got a few verses we can go through here. Are you excited about this? All right. This is a good time of year to do this, right? So all treasure comes from him, his generosity. So every good thing that we can even imagine is because of his generosity. We don't deserve it at all. It's because he's higher. And he gives good things to us that it's by grace, right? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From him. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's faithful, 
in his generosity. He said, it's, to me, I, I kind of see it like his love. What his love is, it says, I'm going to be this way. I prepare myself. I set myself to be this way before anybody does anything to me. I'm determining how I'm going to act before anything else. That's what love does. It doesn't wait for, it. love's not a reaction. It's a preparation. It says, I'm going to do this before I have. And, and it's generosity is the same way. It's, it's like, I'm going to be generous no matter what. Right? Okay. And we'll see another verse, verse that goes along with this. <clears throat> so, this, this goes kind of to the definition of what, of, of, that I have of generosity. He had, he gave, and he was rewarded. So, for this is how much God loved the world. How many know John 3.16? That's no longer at the end of football fields for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, for this is how much God, this is how much God loved the world. He gave. And what did he give? His one and only son. That was a sacrifice, wasn't it? It was a sacrificial gift. Now, here's, here's the part that I think is critical for us to see. So now, everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. So what we have in somebody that's generous is not somebody that's just giving for no reason at all. And God did not give Jesus for no reason at all. There was a reward. So generosity has something set before it that says, this is why I will sacrifice because there's a reward that's greater than my sacrifice. Can you see that? God had something to give. He determined he was going to give it, but he wasn't giving it for just no reason. He was giving it for a reward. This is his pattern. So let's keep going here. John 10, 10. Jesus' purpose in coming was to produce, to be generous and produce generous. So here, here's where we need to get the connection here. Everything good comes from God. He's full of generosity. He poured it out in the greatest measure he could. Every other good thing comes from him, but the thing that came from him was Jesus, right? But he did it for a reason. He's seeing a return on this, right? And what is the return? Lives that will have that same spirit, okay? All right, let's look at this. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they could have what? Life. And what kind of life? Abundant life. What do you think of when you think of abundant? More than enough. That's almost the de definition of it, right? Not just enough. Abundant says, and, and why? what's the purpose of abundant? So somebody else can have something, right? That's the purpose of abundance is for there, there to be more. So Jesus said, this is, how I, this is why I came. So people could have life. God life that's not just about them, but it's about being generous. You cannot give something that you don't have, right? He said, I'm going to give you life that's abundant. It's overflowing so that you'll rise in character 
above this selfish, I have to hold on to stuff attitude. That the reward is going to be greater than anything I'm letting go of. Amen? This is his heart. This is why we have life at all. Is because God has this heart. Why would he withhold the greatest thing about him from us having? Jesus came, and he says this. He says, the thief comes to steal. Who is the thief? The one that says, whatever you have is what you have to hold on to. Right? And he says, as soon as you buy that deception, you've just lost life. You've traded life for this deception. And the thief comes to steal. How does he come to steal? By passions, by things that we think we have to have, right? All those things. He said, but, but I come that you can have life and abundant life. What's that going to look like? Okay, let's keep going. Are you good? Yes. All right, slap your neighbor and say, you're good. All right. You're just like God. You're good. You don't have to obey me. I just, just a suggestion. <laughs> Remember, there's a, you can be generous in that slap. You don't have to, you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. To obtain his la- life, though, you must let go. So already, in order to, how many have found Jesus? Isn't he, isn't he a wonderful Savior? But what happened? You were presented with this concept that there's a reward bigger than what, I, what I'm holding on to. Right? In order to get Jesus, what did you have to do? You had to sacrifice. You had to say, what I have is worth letting go. Can you see that? So to obtain his life, you must let go of this life. He said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. But, but I'm not going to force it on you. I'm not going to say you have, shove it down your throat. And I said, you're going to actually, for you to have it, you're going to have to make room for it. You're going to have to make a way for it to, a place for it to occupy. You're going to have to sweep out that other junk. (laughs) Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? That implies some worth there, doesn't it? That implies some generosity. The riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to... What's repentance? I'm sick and tired of going the wrong direction. Have you ever done that? It's like, this looks real familiar. <laughs> this looks way too familiar. I'm tired of going like this. So, What? We did that. We were, we were in Nashville, and, and uh, it's really beautiful. You know, we didn't have much else to do anyway, but we're driving. We go out in the country and everything, and we say, well, I think we want to go to this place. And I, in my mind, we're still going the same direction that we were going, but we're just going to some place that's still in that direction. And we're going along, and all of a sudden, we just passed. <laughs> it took us around in a big circle, and we... Yeah, we were we were going by our feelings. Um, we were going by probably going by my testosterone. Uh, 
the, the man thing, you know, it's like, oh, I can figure this out. <laughs> what, what, what's the scripture says? Uh, there is a way that seemeth right to a, doesn't say to a woman. It says to a, <laughs> it says, it says to a man. <laughs> a little bit of gender discrimination there going on, I think. All right. I just, you know what I, I, I want to be willing to do is, is repent. And that segued pretty good, didn't it? Okay. So what, what's going to cause somebody to be willing to let go of their life? It's going to be the goodness of God. What is the goodness of God? It's his, it's his generosity. It's what he gives to us when we don't deserve it, right? <laughs> and again, what did he come to give us? That same way. We cannot, you cannot really have eternal life in Christ without becoming generous. Because that's his nature. And the reason why it's his nature is because as soon as you get his life and his heart, you get his purpose. Now, the purpose of your life is no longer about yours. It, it can't, you can no longer be selfish. <laughs> now, the purpose of your life is for it to be laid down so somebody else can have it. Amen? Did you know why there's still Christianity today? It's because people have received this life and become generous, all right? Touches every part of us, but let's, let's look at Proverbs eleven twenty five. So what we receive from him is that same predisp predisposition. And that's why I, I believe it's part of, you know, that we're transformed uh, from our image into his image daily. From glory to glory, we're transformed. That means I'm not there yet. I'm so thankful that it's just like a baby. They're perfect. Aren't you glad they, they, they come out? Wow, they're perfect. But they're not done. <laughs> right? <laughs> so a lot of people want to say, hey, don't you talk to me. I'm perfect. Well, you're not done, though. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we, we have some transforming to do, don't we? Because part of this is going to be completely letting go of thinking that what I have in my hand is for me to hold on to. Right? And it's going to, it's going to, and this, again, this is not, if, if you tell me I have to do this, it's just gone from generosity to constraint. But if you see it from the heart, Jesus came to change everything about our heart. So now what we're do, doing is the same reason why God did it. Because the reward is worth the sacrifice. Amen. Why do we give? Why do we give the way we do? Because the reward is greater than, not because we have to. As soon as we get into have to, you know. It's nice to, to have a gift given. But if you're given for the, the way God has modeled it, now it has greater potential for where you're giving it and also for you. Can you see this? Proverbs eleven twenty five. the generous soul, huh? So it's part of this development going from glory to glory, I believe, is a generous soul. How many have had a problem with generosity before? I have. It's called a, 
poverty mentality. Right? <laughs> and if we're not careful, we can start looking for the, for the government and for even, you know, the church and, and, and for handouts and make that, that, that I, 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 I just, I'm not going to make it unless somebody gives. Well, what about you giving? What about somebody getting blessed because you? Amen. We talked about this a couple times ago. It's, God wants to turn you into a thank maker. You're causing somebody to give thanks because you showed up. Right? So the generous soul will be what? <laughs> this is kind of like a promise you can take to the bank. I know this is Proverbs, this is Solomon saying some wisdom, but he got this from God, didn't he? He said, the generous soul. Because what it does is, it, we talked about this at the beginning, it changes the atmosphere of the person that has this. It changes their, you know what, the people that are most wealthy are the ones who influence the most. And, and with generosity, there's an expansion of influence. Is that right? So, the generous soul will be made rich. But I don't want to be rich. But you're going to be rich because you're generous. Right? <laughs> it's something that comes with the territory. You cannot help it. You're going to be rich if you're generous. I'm sorry to tell you. Right? And he who waters will also be watered himself. This is a principle. Seed time and harvest. Generosity, rich. Watering, producing. Right? This is, how many feel, are really feeling constrained in this, in these confines of having to give now? I'm trying to inspire something opposite of that. We should, we should be compelled, right? All right. Generosity is a stand like that of faith. So what I want to look here now is what, we're being shown a principle about God with a promise. What do you do with the promise of God? You apply faith to it. Because I don't know about you, but this is not possible in me by myself. This is something that comes from God. This is a godly implementation. And you know, I was thinking about this. It's so amazing to me. <laughs> Man, I was just writing about this today. If, if I just sit around... Can I just confess? I'll just confess a little bit. All right. Um, <laughs> I have this tendency. Perceptions are so uh, effective in our life. And I can have this perception of inability, of ineffectiveness, that gets, gets, this happens with music for me sometimes. I love to write music. I love to, and, and there can be this, this perception that it never, there's not going to ever be another song written by me. Or I don't have anything, to, any thoughts that will make any sense. Just kind of, I know, I don't, maybe you're not relating at all. But, but, but here's what's cool. As soon as I start to do something, it's like this, this reservoir of something that's beyond me rises up. Because I've, if I just start writing, if I pick up my guitar and just start doing something, and what I found is it, is it becomes developed you, you, the more you do this. Um, 
you know, it, it said that if you, if you want to be a writer, write. If you want to be in faith, start doing something that God's promised you to do. Can you see the correlation? Being generous is not something you wait around to feel like. It's, start, it's something you see in the word, a characteristic of God that you've been shown. And then you start acting on it, not out of constraint, but out of faith. Amen? And it becomes a determination that's, that is faith. It's one of the greatest things we can apply our faith to. Generosity. Amen? All right. Isaiah 32, 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous. That means... It's going to be a strategic part of my life, right? <laughs> and they stand firm in their generosity. What does that sound like? That sounds like faith, doesn't it? I don't feel like I have it, but I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm determined to do this because it's part of the nature I've been given in Christ. You know what? There's some other things we can stand in faith. I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be holy in my thoughts. I'm going to... You know what I mean? I'm going to be victorious. What are those things? Those are, those are the things I've been I found out that I am in Christ. Yeah. Generosity is the same. And I'm not going to wait around to decide whether this is going to happen or not. I'm going to apply my faith to it. And as soon as we apply faith to it, grace comes. That's like in the writing of a song. I believe it's, it's a grace. Now, I've done a lot to, to nurture that, to develop that. I mean, you know, you, you study and you do some other things, but... But you still have to apply yourself. You have to be faithful to it on a regular basis. Right? Yeah. I, believe, I believe this is part of the reason why it was included in the law of Moses. To get people into a pattern where this is just what they were doing. Yeah. Before the law, there, it, giving was not required. It, and, and right now it isn't either. But there's still value in developing that pattern in your life. To where it's, it's a regular thing that you do, right? Generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. They say, I'm not going to falter in this. What are you doing when you're doing that? You're saying, I believe in what God says about how I feel right now. Amen? All right. There's a reward in him worth any sacrifice. Hebrews eleven six. 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we're seeing a connection between generosity and faith, right? I'm going to have to be faithful in this. And Proverbs said that actually if, I'm, if I have a generous soul, then I'm going, to, I'm going to get rich. Yeah, on this reward side of this, I was, I was seeing the story of David. Somebody was telling this recently. And you know that David was capable of killing that giant as soon as he showed up at the, play, at the, at the, uh, the field where that giant was making all that noise and ruckus? But you know when he decided to do something about it? Anybody want to help me? There you go. David never thought about challenging the giant until he heard there was a reward. Isn't that amazing? You would think he was just so stinking spiritual. that It was, it was all about the covenant and all that kind of stuff, you know. And all because he was circumcised and the giant wasn't, you know. Well, that was the basis for it, but what was the motivation that caused them to step out in faith? Did you know, quit trying to be so stinking spiritual. There's a reward here. 
It's a part of how we're made. Right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must do what? Believe that he is. How do you? Man, that's a full statement right there. There's a whole bunch of stuff that he is. Right? And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, listen, you're just gonna get on God's, in God's realm when you start looking at rewards for what you're doing. He gave Jesus because there is a reward. Amen? He wants us to have that same kind of an approach to what we're letting go of, that there's a reward that's greater. Amen? Can you see it? It's good, isn't it? Aren't you glad for this word that we have? Amen. Generosity results in provision for more generosity, and that's part of the reward. You know, when you first start out at something, it's all about the cars, it's all about the house, it's all about... But you know what? The more you get into this, the more you realize it's about what you can do now. It's about the reward that comes through you, about making a thank in somebody else. (laughs) Right? Give and it will be given to you. Now, what should happen in that statement is not a thrill for the giving to you. There should be an ah, peace. Now I don't have to take care of that. Can you see the the difference? Rather than consuming it upon your lust, you let go of the care of the need. Right? Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What is that? Of all the stuff that I could ever need... Right? right? It will be put into your bosom. Yeah. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Right? Yeah. So that you can do what? I believe it continues, doesn't it? There, to, So that you can give. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the real purpose. That's the reward. Why, why am I doing this right now? Because I have, God's saying I have to or I'm going to be cursed? No. No, because there's a reward. It's, it's not just a financial reward. It's a kingdom reward. It's an eternal reward. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I'm sorry, but we're not going to take another offering until next week. So you're just going to have to get ready. You can prepare. <laughs> okay. All right. Y'all, y'all are, are, are wonderful givers. All right. Understanding the reward of the generous forms the heart's purpose. Okay? So here's what's really special about this. This is not just a... Um, a hum- this is about our heart. It's, it's affecting our heart. Remember, we talked about this last week too. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Is he just coming up with this? this is, it's almost like he's, he's uh, quoting Proverbs here a little bit, right? You know, Right? He said, there's, there's this wonderful principle for your heart to consider when it's getting ready to do what the next verse says. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. What's the first word in that phrase? So, right? With the implication that you might consider what you just read. Not that you should just say, hum and a hum and a hum and a, what do I feel like giving today? Nothing. Yay! <laughs> No, the so says, if you have any sense about you, you're going to be a good farmer. 
they're going to realize that if I want to get any kind of crop, it's going to be contingent about how much I put in the ground. Amen? So now when I give, I'm not going to give begrudgingly because it's not, it doesn't, it's not in my hands still. I'm going to be so excited because now it's in the ground. Now it can really produce, right? Not grudgingly over necessity. For what kind of generous person does God love? A cheerful one. How do you get cheerful? When you get God's approach to generosity, that there's a reward. How do we come to God? We believe that he is. What is he? He's generous. We believe that he's generous. That every good thing comes from him. That if there's anything good that I'm ever, ever going to experience in life, it's going to come from him. Man, I want to get involved with his kind of life. Yes. Amen? He gave me abundant life. How could I hold it back? Why would I allow abundant life to be to put a lid on an abundant life? The more you release abundance, the more it produces. Amen. All right, I like this next phrase. I just wanted to say this. There is no law nearly as compelling as the law of love. Right? It's warnings and it's rewards. Did you know that there is a law that we have to conform with now? And it's the law of love. That's the complete release of myself from consideration with regard to possessions and with regard to each other, right? Now, there, there is a warning if you don't do this, Right? There's, it's not God condemning you. It's, it's what happens. You're not going to have a happy life. You know, there's so many, there's so many uh, people that we're aware of in our life. This world that we have, marriage has just been crushed in its value. And, and young people feel like they just have to sleep around to decide if they want to live with somebody or not. They have to make, like, like that's the first thing, litmus test that you have to pass, you know. And it's like, what, what happens to a lifetime commitment to somebody, right? And what that is, it's, it's the opposite of love, isn't it? That's not love. That's, that's not falling in love. That's falling in lust. And, and there's a warning against that. And there's a reward to true love. When you say, I'm going to commit ahead of time. Amen? I'm so, I'm so thankful our hearts do get to get involved, you know, it gets kind of fun and all that kind of stuff too, you're right. But, <laughs> right? So, if there was ever a law that giving must take place, how much greater should this new law have that we have? It should be much more compelling than the warnings and the rewards in anything that's taken place in a law. Amen? All right. All right. Are you good? Yes. I've just got a little bit more. Can you hang in? All right. Such a time of the year, we just got to squeeze it in. All right. Purpose of possessions is generosity. So I'm just going to read through this. First Timothy 6, 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Now, I'm so grateful that anybody can get involved in this. It's not like you're rich. But when you are rich, it can be a very great danger. Remember what Jesus said. It's harder for the rich people to, 
to, to get into heaven than to go through that gate, the, the eye of the needle into the... Um, teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to trust their money to do, to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So there's a, uh, a warning here also, right? What's the implication? If you may have true life, then you may not. What are you doing with what we have? Right? <clears throat> okay, let me keep going. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Generosity from a source in grace that is independent of bank balance. So we've, we've touched on this, but I just want to emphasize this. God's not trying to say percentages. He's not trying to impose certain amounts. You know, I've been, I've been studying on this a little bit. And, you know, actually in the law, there were three different tithes that were required of people. So they weren't just given 10%. They, they were required to give like 30%. And it was the different areas of, of provision. So what, what they were required is way beyond. And if you get into percentages, that's such a big deal. But if everything I got from God or everything good I have in my life came from him, there should be a, a desire for there to be involvement in him in everything that I do. You know, I've heard of people that have getting into the amount or the percentage or the, the proportions. They've said, I've just determined I'm going to give God 90%. And they still can't outgive him. It just keeps, why? Because it's, it's, it's not about the amounts. It's about the heart. Amen. Aren't you glad for this? I hate taxes. Well, I'm sure they know that already. It's not like I'm going to hide it from anybody, right? <laughs> but, but I'm grateful that God's given us a new way, that it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's, not, it's not something that we've, we're, we're missing out on something. No, the reward is so much greater than the sacrifice. Amen? So... But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. So it's talking about areas of grace that we put a lot of religious expectations upon, right? And he's talking about this church that was giving beyond their capacity to do so. They didn't have it to give. And Paul made an example of them. He said... These people were giving beyond their ability and they weren't doing it like they felt like they had to. They were joyful in doing this. And he used, used them as an example of grace. He said, while you're doing all this other stuff that seems to be so spiritual, make sure that you don't miss out on this. Because one of the most, don't you like amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I gave all that I had, and I was blessed with a reward. I don't know. That, see, see how it works? I mean, that's just like an amazing song, right? Oh, oh that already is a song. Okay. Um, but 
there's, there's an attitude towards this part of God that we're, we're, we're putting a demand of faith upon that Paul says it's actually an act of grace. Wow. And don't miss out on that. <laughs> this is an opportunity for the nature of God to come alive in us like Noah. In no other way will it happen. Until he has our heart, until he has the treasure of our heart, he really doesn't have us, right? The reward is secured in God's promise. Philippians 4, 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Now, these last two passages, I encourage you, you can go back and read the context. But this one, He's talking about this church giving into him personally. And, and, and Paul goes into, the, into this in some detail. He says, you know, it's, it's really the right of the ministers. In the, in the old law, the part, of, part of the giving was to provide for the ministry so that it can take place. He said, in this case, it's also. Um, but he said, my concern isn't that you bless me. My, sir, my, my concern is not that my needs be met by you. God's going to meet my needs. In fact, I, I like that. What is it? Philippians uh, 4. Um, and my God shall supply all my... Or no, I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. Right? That's not Tim Tebow's verse. In fact, it's, it has nothing to do with football. You know what it has to do with? an attitude towards things that are in our hand. He said, I can have and I can not have. It's not what's in my hand that determines my attitude at all. I can do all things through Christ. Those are the kinds of things he's talking about. These things, right? It changes your attitude towards it. He said, but I have a very strong passion that you not miss out on an opportunity in God that you're only going to get when you're faithful to this grace. Can you see that? Paul says it. He says, I don't seek the gift. And, and people ha can have this attitude towards church. They're just trying to take our money. It's just about what they're getting. And you know what? There's people that might be doing that. But God's not that way. And Paul understood. He said, you know what? It's such a blessing to me. People, he gives examples of when people did give into him, supplied his need. He says, it's such a blessing, such a wonderful thing. Something bigger than that is going on. It's what's going on inside of you. There's actually accountants in heaven. Did you know that? How many like accounting? I don't really like accounting. You don't like it? Oh, I figured maybe you did. <laughs> He, he, he works with money and stuff, so I figured, well, maybe. <laughs> but you actually have an account in heaven. And where there's accounts, there must be accountants, right? I would guess. I do know that God sees this area of our life. And he sees it not to condemn, but he sees it as an opportunity that we can either get engaged with and, and allow to develop or we can hold back. 
And he says, there's an account that we can participate in. Oh, please, let's don't, let's don't let there be any condemnation at all, right? No, it's all opportunity. It's, it's God's way. Yes. <laughs> it's his plan. But man, let's don't miss out on that plan. He wants to change everything. When we first met him, he wanted to change our perspective of our past, everything about us. When we showed up to him, it was all about our past, our sins. He says, remember what Jesus said? He said to that young ruler, what did he say? He said, show me how to have eternal life. He said, well, go sell all your stuff. He knew where that guy's heart was, didn't he? He didn't realize that he sold all his stuff. God can more than supply anything that you think you have in your hand. But you can't get him and hold on to your stuff. No matter how much of that is, right? And he's not saying, I just want to take everything. No, he's saying, I, I want to provide for you. I want your account to be filling up the right. Oh, I know somebody. You like accounting, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 there we go. Yeah, I was thinking, yes. Because what, what bothers accountants is something that's out of sorts. Is that right? Does this just drive you crazy? It's like, where is the missing thing? And I think that's partly what Paul's saying. I don't want something to be missing in your account. I don't want something to be, it's, we just can't go, for, we, we, we can't complete this until it's, I think, think there was a movie about some guy that was uh, uh, gifted, highly gifted. You know how, how kids can be? Um, and what? It's like a prodigy. I saw this one thing where this, this kid uh, uh, had a puzzle that he put together upside down. You know, where you're just seeing the back of all the pieces. And one of the pieces got lost, and, and he, he, he just kind of went crazy because it had to fill in that piece, you know. And, and God's not going crazy, but, but he, does, he does want our lives to be complete in him. And this area of generosity such an essential part. Amen? That it will open up avenues of faith towards God because our hearts will actually be right towards Him. We're not holding something back from Him. Amen? <laughs> He's not out to hurt us at all. He's out to liberate us. Amen? 